Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Reed, flying solo this time. We have another Rewind episode from a past episode this week, but real quick, first, uh, we are excited to announce that our 2022 annual report and almanac are both out and ready for your viewing pleasure. We've been working hard on this. It is an in-depth, data-driven review of independent typography from last year, 2022. Really excited about these reports. I feel like they are the ultimate reference and uh, way into the independent type world and can't be more excited for you to check it out. Um, You can get yours by heading to our website, proofco.xyz. It really is a thrill to share it with you. So, But now for your listening pleasure, we have our discussion from season one, episode 10, People Have Good Biasometers, when we talked about the intersection of being a designer and being a salesperson. Entire conversation that is incredibly important. Uh, It's a topic that I don't think is talked about nearly enough, so here it is again, if you missed it the first time. All right, for our big topic this week, we wanted to delve into the idea that designers or any artist or creative person also has to serve as a salesperson in their lives. Uh, And that this can be a really difficult or unwelcome thing, but a necessary aspect of the lifestyle. I feel like a lot of designers or creatives are not necessarily predisposed to be good salespeople. And in fact, the what makes someone a good salesperson may not be what makes them a good designer or vice versa. Kyle, what I'd like to ask you is how detrimental to a type designer or a designer at large, how detrimental is it to their success if they are not a good salesperson? It's a good question. I think it's probably more detrimental now than it was a long time ago, solely for the fact that everybody is taking on multiple roles in the type making and selling experience right? You are the creator of the type. If you work for your own independent type foundry, you are the marketer of that type. You are the follow-up agent, accounts person for that type. You are, you are so many things um, that didn't used to be there in the industry. So yeah, I think it's, it's more detrimental if you're, if you're not as like acclimated to the rigors of something like a sales hat to wear. That's been my experience. I'm not a naturally gifted salesperson. And you have so much at your disposal to use that then that has morphed the expectation that you will use it and that you will know how to use it yeah. with the advent of computers and then digital design with the internet. And I would say most, I would say most importantly, social media. Yes. When we're talking about marketing, it is there for you to use. It is free to you to use. And so mm-hmm. the expectation is you will use it and you will use it really well. Right. But that's perhaps unfair, but it's the reality. It's a skill set that you're not born with. You have to learn. Yeah. Especially if you were born pre-internet or pre-social <laughs> media. It's not what you came up mm-hmm. with and it doesn't necessarily feel natural. I think a lot of people get into type design because they fall in love with the process of drawing letters, 
the process of creating mm-hmm. that software through code. Like the the process of creation itself is probably the number one attractor to people in type. What happens after that and what needs to happen after that is always a an afterthought and that's it's a bummer if you don't if you're not naturally gifted with those skills. And we should make the distinction. There's a very big difference between selling a font you have made on a marketplace mm-hmm. and the selling of yourself. The selling of your yes. brand, dare I use the word brand, or just who putting yourself out there as when you see my name, you will get this. Yeah. And so this idea of selling yourself is its own marketing hell and a, and is its own skill set. Uh, someone can be really great at, I made this typeface. Here's where you can buy it. Here's why you need it. Here's why you can't live without it. But when it comes to who am I, why should you know me? Let me network. Let me talk to you at the party. Let me buy you a drink. You could be horrible right. at that. And that might be what you need to get to the next level. Yes. And that is another thing that has been explode that has exploded with the advent of internet, social media, more ways mm-hmm. to connect. The expectation that you will and will be good at it is constantly there. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I think making that distinction between yourself and your brand is really important. And a lot of people who are jumping into the type business, they like having a foundry brand to stand behind because they don't. Uh, it does remove themselves from a lot of the personal interaction if that's not what they're into. And um, but you do also have, for lack of a better word, quote unquote type celebrities or personalities that are very good at putting themselves out there, telling their story and thus telling the story of their typefaces and their work. Um, It's all about what is your personal style of connecting with others. Um, And that's probably a good place to start if you're unsure. But again, it's tough when there's this expectation of a level of quality of that kind of connection slash you can't not do it. Right. You can't not have that be part of it as much as you might want to just do the work right. and move on. I always hated as an actor having to sell mm-hmm. myself, even though that is 99% of the game in acting, much more, I would venture to say, than in visual design. But I always wanted the work to speak for itself more than me having to tell you I'm great or I'm cool or you should hang out with me and then like me in an audition. <laughs> and and it and it rarely worked out that way. Uh, do you think that this is a hurdle in typography? Do you think this work doesn't always speak for itself as much as it could or it should? It's definitely a hurdle, especially considering that there's so many different experience levels out there in type design, so many different quality levels. Um, I think the best typefaces out there are ones where the work does speak for itself. You kind of get this feeling, you know, a little like Mm. gut feeling when you look at a typeface, you're like, Ooh, yeah, that's the one. Or that looks just, that looks really good. Your eye is so good at picking up on the smallest little issues with things. 
that when you're you see something that's really good quality and the work is is really really high your brain doesn't you know throw all those alarm bells up and say that's wrong that's wrong it just feels right or feels good um so in that sense i think the best work out there speaks for itself Mm -hmm. um when you (laughs) i always do get a little nervous when type marketing is really overblown you know it feels kind of used car salesy you know it's just like Mm-hmm. It's like I, I don't, I don't like what the way you're talking to yeah, me about absolutely. your product. It feels like you're either overcompensating for something or trying to cover something up. Like honesty right. and just letting the work speak for itself is a preference of mine, and I think for a lot of people, um, but it, it's a real hurdle for for uh, folks who are especially just getting into the game. That's where it, when it always sucks when I feel like a lot of I think this is hard, particularly for young artists, designers, whatever medium we're talking about, where you're kind of taught this salesman-y talk. You're taught Mm -hmm. to game the system, work the system. And that's fine because, as we're saying, it's a part of it. You can't not do it. But if it's taught in lieu of doing good work, and I feel like sometimes it is, or at least in my experience acting it was, yeah, that's tough. I think you can lose sight, similarly to what we were saying with Go Fever, you can lose sight of actually doing good work just because you've got all this other BS swirling around you. Right. Again, some people are more predisposed to be good at this and to recognize when someone else is BSing them to do it themselves in an effective way. Mm-hmm. But man, to me, that's exhausting. That just sounds like an exhausting way to go about a creative output. I don't know. I I bet I bet someone yes. is listening to this thinking these dumb fucks <laughs> don't know how to, uh, don't know how to do this thing, and maybe they're right. But that just sounds so exhausting to me. Yeah, I I agree with you in the sense that some people are more predisposed to different styles of marketing and i think that's why authenticity is really honored these days in that process of whether you're the one who's selling or being sold to authenticity is a real premium um i think the best type designers the best foundries out there that are succeeding right now are ones that are true to themselves to their story to their process uh and that really comes out in the type yeah i think people have pretty good bs Ometers, you know, like they can BSO meters. BSO meters, they they know they know when stuff is is not right. Yeah. So here's my big question then: Do you think that someone could market either themselves or a type they've created with minimal hands-on salesmanship? Do you think there is a world where something can completely speak for itself. I think there is, but it's never going to be 100% hands-off because you can make the most incredible piece of work, but if you don't... Tell somebody? <laughs> do, yeah, if you don't do the the a, even a little bit of work to put it into a public space, if you're a sculptor and you've made something incredible, if you don't do the work to at least just put it outside on the curb so people can see it, then you're never get, it's never going to be known. Yeah. So I think um, 
there is work out there that really does speak for itself. I think some of the the old world masters, um, some of the type from uh, you know folks who have been practicing for a really long time, uh, they don't have to do as much marketing because they've gotten a reputation. But if you're new and you don't have any reputation, it's going to be really hard if you can't put in any effort towards telling people about it. Yeah, I think I have a, a perhaps a, a cynical view on that one that, depending on how you come at this yourself, that I don't think, I think <laughs> sure. uh, there's just, there's no way that the work can simply speak for itself. Uh, that also relies on the audience to know what mm. they're looking at. And sometimes that doesn't always work out the right way or the way, yeah, the right way, the desired way. Um, and when you've got, you've got too many variables, you've got too many variables. Yes. There's too many things to leave to chance or not put any effort in. You have to try to control some of them or push your product in a certain direction before letting go and saying, you know, do your thing. <laughs> I just feel completely out of control. That's okay. A lot of us do. That's it for this week's Interrogang. Season three of the Interrogang will be launching in just a couple of weeks, so don't venture too far from your podcasting machine. As always, thanks for being a part of the Interrogang. We will see you next time. Say,